Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. And as I record that standard intro, I realize that we're not very bite-sized on this topic. This is like a lot of, this is a lot to chew on, I mm-hmm. think. This is part two of um, our series on Brave Space and particularly the Who's Brave program here at UVA. Um, our guest today again is Valencia Harvey. Hey. Hey. Act like it's a new day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're not just sitting here for <laughs> part two. Right. And of course, Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance is here with me today. Um, I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and if you haven't already listened to part one of our series on Brave Space, pause for a second and go back and get the foundation of what we're talking about here, because we're going to jump in now here on part two and start talking a little bit more practically. And um, we started recording when Valencia told me, you need to be recording this, (laughs) because uh, we were talking about how you don't understand what you don't know Mm -hmm. sometimes, Mm -hmm. and um, I moved from southern Illinois to, we were joking about my Midwesternness in the last Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we were, I moved from southern Illinois to the deep south um, seven years ago now. I've been here for two years in Virginia. And I was telling um, Patty and Valencia that I think that was the best thing for me because I was very sheltered as a small town Midwestern girl because I had never experienced a lot of sexism, honestly. And when I moved to Mississippi, for the first time, I had to really battle against that and like had an experience where um, a group of people were in a room meeting about an issue. And when we all got up, we were all equal um, partners in working through this issue. And when we all got up to let the meeting, to end the meeting, the um, director of... Uh, public relations for the university reached out and shook all the men's hands and skipped right over Mm. me and that and I very I very politely reached across the table and made him do it and made my dean sweat bullets but Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he thought I was going to get a little nuts Mm -hmm. but um that was the first time that I had really experienced that and if I hadn't I don't think if I had been in that situation where mm-hmm. it was so other in that culture to be just female mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have appreciated the otherness of anybody because mm-hmm. that would just had never been anything I had experienced yeah. and it shocks me how I could have gotten to be 30 however old I was 30 something years old and not known that my experience was not like everybody else's Mm -hmm. and that people didn't think the same as me about other people Mm -hmm. like that it was a given that you'd shake my hand it was a Mm -hmm. given that you'd treat my opinion with respect Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't and that was a good thing for me to figure out and to start me thinking about a lot of other things so we're going to talk about those kinds of other things in terms of brave space thanks for sharing thank you thank you that's a good story yeah (laughs) <laughs> Not a happy story, but it's right. No, a, it, full know. circle almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think what, as you were talking, I think some practical ways of how brave space is applied and what not to say, or just maybe challenging like our general response to things is just asking, wow, like 
how did you overcome that? Or, or what are you doing now in light of that experience, right? And so I think asking more questions, I just want to understand your phenomenon, your experience a little bit more versus like saying, that sucks. Yeah. So, but I yeah. think, I think, are y'all familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she has like this um, brief kind of video characterization that gives you the difference between what sympathy and what empathy looks like. Mm-hmm. And so essentially sympathy would literally to your your raw experience and reflection on your own personal experience with sexism in your face would be man, yeah, I mean, sucks to be you. You know, or even or to further, dismiss it. Or say, dismiss it. Yeah. yeah. Or to just be like, what what was the big deal? Yeah. So like I guess to from mm-hmm. part one, I guess the response, inappropriate response, or not human-centered response would be, I don't see why sexism is in this. Why you got to make it about sexism? Yeah, why, it- why do you assume <laughs> that he didn't shake your hand because... Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why does it have to be about that? You know, you're sex baiting, right? Like, you, you know, so these, so I'm just... <laughs> well, kind of, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know this should die. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, exploit your, you know, your experience, but I do want to take this as opportune example to show how that looks. And, and so to to counter that, I think a more human centered, empathetic response would be, I really hate that, that you had to encounter that. I've not encountered that specifically in my life and nor do, do I want to, but but literally, like, I, I'm so appreciative that you shared. And I, I think, too, that a, a tendency that we have when it comes to experiences like that would be to say, like, that, or to, to dismiss it by saying how isolated that is. Yeah. Because, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, it was one guy. Um, yeah. It was, it was one guy yeah. or that it was one pocket of one place, right. you know, or one region of the United States or whatever. Um, but it all... I think it all plays into our larger conversation. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, all the things that make us up as groups of people and all the things that make us up as individual people. I mean, you can't you can't compensate for everything that everybody experiences yeah. at an individual level. Like, they're all weird quirks that mm-hmm. make us who we are and we respond how we are. But we can all get better at interacting with one another That's and right. thinking about those preconceived notions and about the way that we might be not getting it. <laughs> yes. And think about, consider, the, I think the Brace Space article, and again, I'm making it seem like this Brace Space is like a, a, a cure-all, but, but it's I great, think that it's though. really given yeah. me and my own personal and professional life the ticket to be honest in ways that otherwise would be conceived or, or misconceived as me being complaining or angry black woman mm-hmm. or uh, being even a millennial like of not being resilient all of these things that would have been otherwise miscategorized uh, other than how about I'm just challenging what has been challenged for years yeah um, and I'm advocating for myself and others who are trip you know like, who experience triple oppression right so I think when to your point about the isolated experience most people do dismiss isolated experiences because they've not encountered it and they don't share an identity that you would have expressed as that, you know, as that moment. And I think what that is, is that we know and can see that individual oppression stems from structural oppression. And so when you're yeah. missing the mark, you're, you're missing the fact that, oh, that isolated response is a problem of a larger 
um, you know, uh, beast, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, can we talk a little bit about some of those tenets of Brave Space, like how that works then? Yeah. I mean, we've already, I think we've, we've hit, we've covered some of them like through conversation, but let's maybe go through them a little bit more. Like how, what that looks like when you're having a conversation that might normally make you really uncomfortable or make you just kind of retreat. Yeah. So I think, um, so Bryceface, as I juxtapose it or show the juxtaposition, shared the juxtaposition earlier, doesn't necessarily need to be like, let's talk about Bryceface guidelines, right? But I think how, um, Bryceface can materialize is that if you are either privileged or not privileged in your identities, um, and we also, another term to throw out there is intersectionality by Kimberly Crenshaw, theorist who uh, essentially writes that there are multiple identities that intersect, multiple, uh, you know, that inter- intersect. Mm-hmm. And so you could literally be uh, a woman who experiences um, oppression also with race. And so where that oppression intersection intersects is what, you know, we would talk about. But essentially, I think that brave space um, empowers the, the minority or the, the, the non-privileged identity to, to share when there's sexism or bigotry or racism, right? But also keep in mind that there's a consequence. And so there are times where most, um, most folks are like kind of tired, tired of being the one the one person that challenges people or the one person that calls people out or why are we fixing a problem that y'all created? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think, so I think that there's a lot of fatigue. It's called racial battle fatigue. That's another uh, theory to kind of research. And so folks aren't waking up every day thinking, how can I shove this multicultural education down these people's throats? No, I think that folks are just, they want to be heard. They want to be mm-hmm. seen as human as equally human. And and so in your messaging, in your body language, most most of the time communication um, and oppressive experiences and uh, environment is from your, your body language and what how you how you tense up around me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again what we were getting at in part one was I said, you know, who are who's sitting at your dinner table? Right, so thinking beyond this checklist for I want to prove to my colleagues that I'm not the racist, right? So, but I would challenge you, who's, you know, where do you go to, for your place of worship? Like, think critically analyze your community, your locus outside of this outside of this workspace, and I think it's very telling. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be with your people, mm-hmm. but I'm also saying that you're not going to learn and gain insight to other experiences and staying inside of your own silos. Mm-hmm. And and I think that brave space gives us some con some ways to have conversations that help us to I mean we deal with people who are different from us every day and if we just leave it at hey how are you surfacey I mean okay that's great but you don't really get anything from that and learning how to listen and thinking about how to engage and how not to make people who are other than you do all the work in this situation yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is a really useful thing to know right also, just own the fact that you screw up, that you yeah. say some things that are not in good heart. Like, you say some things that 
um, are offensive. And, and that doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. I think I shared this at the uh, UVA Forward session that I gave. I think most people are so caught up on sounding right and being right instead of doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think that if we reposition that, mm -hmm. that our strive, that we that we want to strive to do the right thing and be a better person, and you know, once we know that something is offensive, try to try to actually operate outside of that, and 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 also, you know, talk about general generalizability. What's offensive to me might not be offensive to every black person, right? Like you know, so I just think that again, the human centered getting to know someone, but that won't change if you stay in your same bubbles. Mm -hmm. If you look at the same stuff, if you read the same um, articles, if you, if you, if your, if your consumption about everyday life is from your newsfeed, then that's all you get, right? So again, challenging your own, what's going through your ears and what you're reading um, and who you're spending time with. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, uh, so... Patty actually has this book on the table with her, um, and I happened to look over it as, at it as Valencia was talking. We've been reading um, a book um, called, oh, Wake, yeah. called yeah. Waking yeah. Up White by Debbie Irving, and it's interesting because um, some of us here at UVA Finance just like as a group of colleagues and friends have been reading that book and ta talking about it a little bit, mm -hmm. and it's it, uncomfortable at times reading the book to think about all the ways that just being a white person has made life a lot easier for for me. The author talks about this. Like, she's just, she feels horrified that, mm -hmm. you know, things with the GI Bill and, like, all the ways that she didn't know that her white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, like, work ethic and good attitude um, weren't actually what got her where she was. <laughs> right. And yeah. that, that she came from a very privileged right family not not just her white privilege but yeah. financially privileged yeah. family and she was horrified to learn that yeah that some of the things that she came to you know um, own and be the beneficiary of were due to a lot of black people losing out basically yeah so and it's to mm -hmm. Valencia's point like it's not like the book that you want to like pick up and treat yourself to at the end of a night like a novel that you're reading before bed like it's it's a thing that makes you think as you read and it's it's like well, like we talked about it's doing some work to to think through this stuff and it makes you uncomfortable at times but that's kind of the whole um premise here is that you have to get in like lean into the things that make you a little uncomfortable and learn and expose yourself to different things. Well, I love this book. Um, again, it's called Waking Up White by Debbie. Debbie we'll B link it. -B -B We're, and by the way, listeners, yeah. we've linked a lot of good concepts that Valencia yeah. has mentioned in the, the show notes too. So, But the, each chapter of the book ends with a question about that challenges you. And so like going back to your experience and yours with the the empathy and the sympathy one of the questions she has in her books is have you ever had anyone doubt dismiss or minimalize mm -hmm. an experience that was formative for you how did it feel how did it affect your feelings about that person mm -hmm. so like that that's she she ends every chapter with a question like that that just kind of makes you think about your experiences and what you've been through and how you've come to 
have your perspectives now. It's a great book. There's there's not just one experience or one truth, and like we get caught up in thinking that um, there's there's a, that one answer. Yeah. Or like we're like it's racism is wrong, so we're just not going to see race. Right, right. <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't fix any problem. So um, I think you know we're going to link to a lot of different things in the show notes to help people like further reading, further thinking. Are there any um, suggestions that things we can do to create even informally like a brave space mm-hmm. for like in our with our relationships yeah like how we can think about that like in the next time we're talking to our friends our colleagues like how does how does it play out practically mm-hmm. yeah I think first in the workplace because you know all of us yeah this is what job, we're talking right? about here yeah um so I think I failed to mention this in the first uh session but there's this concept called covering and if you google it um i think that will also be let me uh i don't have the specific yeah i don't i don't recall this we'll, we'll get it for you off the top of my head but essentially this concept of we cover our identities and we suppress our identities in the workplace right mm-hmm. either because of perception because of the expectation that you leave that at the house right so this young um i think were we on or off skirt when we were talking about an individual who commutes, who experienced racism. That was off the uh, record. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, okay. Um, well, could you yeah. share kind of with, uh, no? Yeah, yeah no, okay. I think we can. She would yeah. be okay. I okay. won't share her name. Yeah. Do um, you want me just to share? Just briefly just encapsulate the fact that what I'm trying to get at is that this individual, there was something about the space that allowed this individual to, to openly share her experience okay. with very overt So, um, uh, couple years ago during the oh it was a year ago yeah seems like it was longer longer than that so it was the the week prior to the kkk rally that they had here in charlottesville we have a co-worker who commutes um from northern virginia area and she um black woman and she was in, um, encountered or or accosted really by a member of the kkk um at a gas station in, I think it was Madison County. And um, he threw some flyers at her, told her to share them with her friends at UVA. Um, she didn't even know how he knew she was from UVA. She maybe assumed it was her hang tag or something like that. Um, some uh, Another person kind of stood up for her, but needless to say, she came to work very, very shaken and, um, and is still to this day, talks about it, it as a, traumatizing experience and um, so she came to work and shared it with all of us her colleagues and so yeah so So that was that was what you wanted me to share yeah I did to to show to illustrate that in the absence of a brave environment or at least an open environment this individual would not have shared that and so I share that to say there how much more is not being shared mm-hmm. and what types of what type of environments and spaces are we creating to put up a barrier for people to share stuff like and right. if they don't right. share then not only does it is it does it continue but it almost seems like a tacit endorsement yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're co-signing yeah, yeah yeah and so I think so I really briefly want to uh, express these statistics 
um, for covering. And so most folks, again, cover in the workplace. And so, so in this case, covering would be that covering would be like, yeah, covering and suppressing, it. yeah, identity or just, you know, and obviously it's work, so you're not going to, you know, share everything in that goal, right. but covering would be a, a great example if she did not do that. She was traumatized on her way to work. Mm-hmm. Traumatized. Mm-hmm. And so covering would be, I'm going to keep this to myself. And, and obviously the impact of that internalization and not really being able to express or talk to someone about mm-hmm. it. Um, is you're you're maybe not yourself, rightfully so, right? But mm-hmm. no one knows what's going on, and no one even asks. And so I think that this concept of covering that, a most of us aren't aware of it. It's just a, a subconscious thing that we do to get through the work week. But the reality is that we spend most of our hours at work, and so if we're working, covering. Then we're also and we're also doing our, our normal job and our tasks. And it's almost like pulling like a double shift because you're working so you have so much to manage. And mm-hmm. just to go back to a conversation that we've had before on the pod about how it is not possible really to try to have work life balance because it, it is not as though you leave any part of you at the door when you go either way yeah, from right. work it's to home. Our bodies. Right. Yeah, right. Right. so it's it, if if the. It, you can't have this like it perpetuates almost like a that traumatic state mm-hmm. where people are suppressed either way mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it's just yuck yeah mm-hmm. so really quick if I really quickly if I could so Deloitte University did a a, a poll and so this is their kind of statistics of unco- of covering so 66% of women overall cover 61% of Asians cover. Again, this is in the context of the workplace. 81% of people with disabilities, either emotional or physical, cover. Two out of five respondents reported that covering had a detrimental impact on their sense of self. Over 50% stated it was their leader's expectation to cover and impacted their sense of opportunity and commitment to their work. And, uh, you know, as another corollary to that, that they also identified that they're working their identity more than they're working their job. So they're working covering and maintaining, um, either suppressing identities like LGBTQ mm-hmm. individuals. That's a really good example. Yeah. Wow. So, so, yeah, so just think about, again, the emotional uh, weight and heaviness of that. If, and also, when you ask me to, the question of what, how does this look and what's the practical takeaway? I challenge leaders, I challenge leaders in the UEA forward session that if you aren't as a manager providing brave spaces, brave environments, and if you aren't leading from a brave uh, mindset, then you are the problem. And if the problem begins with the leadership. And so if your folks are showing up covering, they're showing up really, you know, drained and not motivated, then you, you kind of look at, you know, what, what the causality of Wow. Like, the, our, our thoughtful, stunned silence probably doesn't carry very well over the yeah, airways. Well, I, well, <laughs> but but we're, yeah, we're like, like oh. Open. But just, <laughs> just wondering, as a manager, how you know that. I mean, yeah. how do you know that you should, and, and how, what would that look like? So say you do suspect that somebody's covering. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? And then... What do you do about it? Well, I think that, A, you you should ask. 
like maybe a check in because to be honest i think the people who were polled in this deloitte university's um survey mm -hmm. i think they were just trying to gauge a sense of openness or if they perception is hard to gauge right like you know as a manager i think you just have to ask the questions specifically you know is my leadership or is there any part of this space conducive with you showing up as your as your authentic self and what and, and some of the questions that i i think mm -hmm. myself and i can't take credit for this my, myself and um a colleague of mine who works at another institution we presented this at one of uh, our conferences for the NASPA Association within Student Affairs. And we asked questions like, um, what are aspects of your identity that are off limits while, while at work? Again, I'll ask that again. At, you, this would be a great question to ask your team. Um, what aspects of your identity are off limits at work? Secondly, how many times a day do you avoid a topic you would otherwise discuss outside of work? <laughs> Lastly, what are the emotions you feel after you leave work? Yeah. If you feel really burdened, not because of the tasks of work, but because of the environment, because you are working covering, then nine times out of ten, you're exhausted. You're not really being wow, your we best could have a productive whole podcast. Podcast. I know we could. Yeah. We could do like a, a podcast around covering, but yeah. um, but but really to, interesting. To, in a practical kind of full circle, what we argued, my colleague and I, in this presentation was that brave space is the solution to covering. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like in a larger context for our finance audience. You know, we've talked about, uh, well, okay, so in the finance, maybe even outside of the podcast, it's been a topic of conversation in UVA finance about trust and creating a culture of trust. And in terms of finance transformation, the project that's got us started on our podcast that we've rapidly gone outside of the scope, but, um, but it is a part of that too, because we're talking about transparency and making sure that the environment is one that gives people the opportunity to really thrive and be successful. Mm -hmm. And you can't thrive and be successful when you are leaving the vital parts of yourself out of so much of your life. Okay. So Miss Practical Timekeeper again here, we've again gone for like 30 minutes. So We've, I've got a lot of things that I will link to in the show notes. Um, this has been, you've like listened to us learning as we go with this. So um, thank you listeners for going along on, with us on this journey. Valencia, we'd love to have you back again yeah. for more conversations. Um, I think that you and Patty have talked a little bit about maybe having some lunch and learn sessions so mm -hmm. we can maybe look out for those in the future. Um, Valencia, you mentioned that um, you and John and colleagues yeah. do make this training kind of available behind demand. Absolutely. So. If you just, I mean, shout out to Who's Brave, like, you know, everyone, sorry, you know. If yeah, I give no, do shout it, out. man. Shout out to my mama. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> she's, she's on Finance Matters. She's made it. Right, right, right. But no, yeah, if, if folks want in, in their teams, like, we've come and talked, you know, I won't, I won't identify them, but yeah, we've, we've met with different departments and different organizations where they saw a need for this to be a part of their training awesome all right so listeners if this doesn't get you started thinking i don't know what would please go ahead and um comment on uh give, give us some comments back um via email or tweets or on the blog or in the community we'd love to talk more about this and definitely valencia our door is always open we want to have you back um Good links in the show notes. I'll get your contact information. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming great. over here. Yeah. And thank you listeners for joining us today for Finance Matters. As I said, you can read more about what we're going, what's going on with us um, in the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com and in the community. Um, if you've got an idea for a podcast or want to talk more about this with maybe another guest from UVA, I think this is a great conversation to have. Um, if you have any ideas, let us know what's going on um, in your corner of the world in UVA. Um, you can email me, you can email Patty, or you can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. Thanks for joining us. That's all we have for now, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.